Um, so this morning we've clearly done something completely different. It's kind of become Golden Beach the musical. That's not really what I intended. But I thought it was important that before each hymn, we take a moment to share the story behind the hymn. Just mostly because of curious, but, but you know, also to hear what it is that motivates people to praise and to worship, especially in times like that. It just doesn't make sense, does it? I lost my family, but I'm going to write a song of praise. Okay? Onward, Christian soldiers, faith of our fathers, and the simple tune, Jesus loves me. They have stories that were so meaningful to the person that wrote it and to so many people who for hundreds of years later continue to sing them. And then, of course, the well-known hymns and the lesser-known backstories of Amazing Grace. It is well with my soul. And we aren't done yet. I packed a few extra hymns this week's service because I want to include as many of your requests as I could. And we'll sing in the garden and the old rugged cross. And each week we close our service by forming a circle in the sanctuary and we sing this closing song, God Be With You. And there's a story for that one too. But my purpose isn't to pay homage to the authors and composers. My intent is to capture and share their stories because each song was personally written as a show of praise and worship to God. Based on the stories we've already heard this morning, we know that they can be written both at times of great joy and times of great sorrow. And they can also be written for utilitarian utilitarian purpose of sorts, like a song that's written for a particular time, like the doxology, or, or you know, the children marching from one building to another. And each one has a message and serve as an example or a testimony. In fact, Acts 16.25, we find another example. Scripture says, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Okay? Paul and Silas were imprisoned for their beliefs or being Christians. And, you know, we heard about this faith of our fathers, those who were persecuted that have gone before us. And here, Paul and Silas, they're locked in this prison and they're praying and they're singing <clears throat> hymns and people around them going, are you crazy? De- deny him. Don't praise him. Look what's going on. But people are listening to them and they want to know why. You see, God delights in our praise and he, and he can use it, but he doesn't need it. Certainly not as much as we do. Praise does so much for us and our spirit. And, and if there was one of these songs that spoke to you this morning, could you feel it a little differently? Could you? Could you? Author, Christian author C.S. Lewis explains it this way. The quote is, A man can no more diminish God's glory by refusing to worship him than a lunatic can put out the sun by scribbling the word darkness on the walls of his cell. Whether you worship him or doesn't, doesn't make God less of a God. If you don't thank God, it's... It's no, he's no less of a God. You're just denying yourself the knowledge and the relationship and the connection that he wants. These are songs of worship and these are songs of praise. Worship and praise, praise and worship. I mean, when you almost use them interchangeably. But when I was a worship leader at a large church in Kansas City, these words were sometimes used interchangeably. And sometimes they were used divisively, especially when it came to music, right? Oh, that's a, that's a praise song. That's craziness so that's a worship song and i took a little poke at fun on the back i i'm not even going to get into how you respond to worship um i think it's important to be yourself this morning's going to be more about inhibition don't inhibit yourself from how you worship whether you sing louder or you sing quietly to yourself whether you raise your hands or you dance or you stand still it's about what you feel in your heart and on the back of the bulletin i kind of had a little fun poke at what you should do and shouldn't do when you get into worship, do you see some of those? I see Becky laughing, so enjoy those at your leisure later. But hymns are often called worship. Um, actually, any song that is sung without a fast tempo, clapping a lot of instruments, some people think those are worship, right? Because they're slow and ballad-like. 
But if you add a few guitars and a drum set, no matter what the tempo or occasional, that's a praise song. I'm going to share a preacher story with you, which means it may not be true, may or may not be funny, but it serves a purpose. Okay? It's about an old farmer who went to the city one weekend and attended a big city church. And he came home with his wife, asked him how it was, and he said, the farmer said, well, it was good. They did something different, however. They sang praise choruses instead of hymns. And the praise choruses asked the wife, what are those? Well, they're okay. They're sort of like hymns, but different. And she said, well, what's the difference? And the farmer said, well, it's like this. If I were to say to you, Martha, the cows are in the corn, well, that's a hymn. On the other hand, if I were to say, Martha, 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 oh, Martha, Martha, the cows, the big cows, the brown cows, the black cows are in the corn, the corn, the corn. <laughs> See, if you only listen online, you're missing the good stuff. <laughs> and then I repeat the whole thing two or three times. Well, that's a praise chorus, right? As luck would have it, the exact same Sunday, a young new Christian from the city church attended a small town church, and he came home, and his wife asked him how it was. Well, said the young man, it was good. They did something different. They sang hymns instead of regular songs. Hymns, the wife asked, what are those? Well, they're okay. They're sort of like regular songs, only different. Well, what's the difference, she asked. The young man said, well, it's like this. If I were to say to you, Martha, the cows are in the corn, that would be a regular song. If, on the other hand, I were to say to you, oh, Martha, dear Martha, hear thou my cry. Inclinest thine ear to the words of my mouth, turn thou whole wondrous ear by and by to the righteous glorious truth so look at the bright shining day by day for all the foul corruptions of earth reborn where no vicious animals may make so cry and no longer i see foul cows in the corn <laughs> then i would and then if i were to do the verse only one time but then add three or four more and change the key periodically well that's a hymn so do you see where we're going with this it's all about perspective as often as I start, uh, as a part of sharing my Sunday morning message, I refer to a definition, whether it's biblical or, or worldly or secular, uh, as we dive into a topic, and, and I want to do that this morning. Both words, praise and worship, can be used as a noun or verb. Worship is a feeling or expression of reverence and adoration for a deity. As an action, we show reverence and adoration, again, towards a deity. But praise is an expression of approval or admiration of something or something or someone good. As an action, we give praise as acknowledgement of something good. Like, good job, I'm giving you praise. So take a quick second to think, were the songs that we sang together this morning as a congregation, were they worship or were they praise? Let's kind of keep that question in your mind as we continue. The words praise and worship are often used together, and although they complement one another, they are two different things. If you read my midweek recharge blog on Twitter, you got a glimpse of what I'm talking about. We just learned that praise is an expression of approval or admiration. Therefore, we can praise people and we can praise God. In reference to people, we can praise them for their good behavior, their good efforts, and their good accomplishments. In reference to God, praise is an acknowledgement and appreciation of what he has done for us. is our way of giving thanks to him. God is worthy of our praise. Deuteronomy 10.21 says, He is the one you should praise. He is your God who performed for you those great and awesome wonders you saw with your own eyes. But worship, it's an expression of adoration and reverence and it is reserved only for God. Exodus 23-5 says, You shall have no other gods before me, right? That's one of the thou shalt nots. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth below or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. But whether intentional or not, we can, by our own thoughts, words, and actions, sometimes worship something instead of God, can't we? Money, things, other people, with good intentions, we, we come a little fuzzy on what it is that we worship. 
when we're truly worshiping, a person submits themselves completely before God. It is a posture of humility and surrender as we align ourselves with God's will. And worship can come in many forms, but we often think of it as someone bowing down before God. And that could be literal or it could be figurative. Sometimes we just submit by setting aside ourselves or something we want for him. To that end, our Sunday morning service contains both elements of praise and worship, doesn't it? We praise God through prayer and song as we say, sing, and demonstrate our appreciation and acknowledgement for all he has done for us and for all he continues to do. And when we do it correctly, everything we do here on a Sunday morning is also an act of worship, none the least of which is just merely showing up, right? Setting aside the first few hours of the first day of the week to express our adoration and reverence, singing hymns with words of praise because we adore him, it's our motive, and giving our tithes and offerings is certainly an act of, of worship. First Chronicles 16.29 says this, Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in splendor of holiness. So when we bring our offerings to God is a form of worship. Worshiping God with giving of our money reveals our heart's desires. We give sacrificially, generously, and consistently as a way of ascribing, as the Bible calls it, ascribing value to who God is in our lives. And by doing so, our love of God grows stronger and we are less likely to fall in love with other things like money or the things that it buys. So to answer the earlier question, were the songs that we sung together as a congregation this morning worship or was it praise? I'd say that depends on you. If you sang the words of thanksgiving and adoration, then you praise God. Great job. God loves our praise. In almost every one of the stories we learn, the writer intended a spirit of praise because that is what they felt in their hearts as they put pen to paper despite their circumstances. And if you did more than just sing along, going through the motions because that's what the instructions on the screen said, then you're performing an act of worship. If you were engaged, then you were performing an act of worship because you are adoring God with these words of praise, right? And several months ago, I shared a story of a woman who owned an exotic bird, another preacher story. She loved to sing hymns and gospel tunes while she went about her housework. And it wasn't too long before the bird picked up on what was happening and would sing too. Now, was that praise or was that worship? It's neither because it was just singing along without thought or understanding of why. It was disengaged and just going through the motions. And as impressive as it looked, it was not worship, and that's okay. But God doesn't call us just to go through the motions. He wants us to engage. And worship is an engaging process that, like faith, requires action. Engage your heart and sing with agreement for the words of praise. Live your life in such a way that everything you do is an act of worship, a life that honors God and his commandments, not just the thou shalt nots, but also the commandments to love and forgive and to share the good news. And most modern-day church services begin with worship. Worship. This time includes a combination of both praise and worship through music. And often the leader begins by engaging the congregation in songs of praise. And the purpose is to give thanks to God and acknowledge the great things he has done. I often start my prayers with, Dear God, thank you, in which the congregation reflect on who God is and humble themselves before him. And I try to follow this model as I plan our services. This morning we began with Great Are You, Lord. Certainly a song filled with words of praise and adoration. And we always begin our service with a song or chorus of praise. The last message series we did, Jesus' name above all names. Words of praise. Dear God, thank you. It's your breath in our lungs. We sing out our praise or shout out our praise. Again, clearly these are songs with words of praise. 
And early in the service, after our time of prayer, we share our joys and concerns, and we sang hymns like Amazing Grace, and It Is Well With My Soul. Not only were these slower and with a more thoughtful tempo and manner, but they too, especially now that we know the story behind them, were songs of praise about what God had done. Did you engage? Did you allow it to be a moment of worship as well? I think you did. I heard a difference. Did you guys feel a difference? But Isaiah gives us this warning from 29.13. The Lord says, These people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is based merely on human rules they've been taught. Guys, it's not about religion. It's about relationship. It's about relationship. Do you have a relationship with your Father or through Jesus Christ? Are you letting the Holy Spirit engage you in the worship, not just in church service, but throughout your life? If he hasn't, let's talk, okay? Because you're missing some of the best stuff that he's got planned for you. And praise and worship are not only for a church service. They should be part of your daily life. You'll get so much more out of it if so. Romans 12.1, Therefore I urge you, this is Paul writing, Brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to him. This is your true and proper worship. True and proper worship is to give your body is a living sacrifice. Now, he's not saying, go kill yourself. He's saying, give your life to him. Everything you do honors him. First Samuel 15, 22, Samuel said, Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifice as much as in obeying the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice, and the heat is better than the fat of rams. Tithes and offerings, they're wonderful. And he does call us to do his obedience. But the Bible is very clear that he'd rather have your heart, Right? As believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we sacrifice our lives daily for his purposes and plans, not our own selfish motives. We are taking up our cross every day and trusting in the Lord to lead us in the right direction. And our continual sacrifice is an offering of worship. An offering isn't just about the money. It's an offering of worship to him out of gratefulness for the things he has done. So I want to conclude with this thought. Whether through, thong, whether through song, service, or just the manner in which you live, don't allow yourself to be restricted by thinking that something must be just one or the other. It doesn't have to be just praise or worship or neither. Praise God. Give thanks to him with words. And I ask you to act on these words by living a worshipful life. Don't be inhibited by your own thinking and therefore miss even a single opportunity to experience the blessings of a life that worships a king. Let's pray. Oh God, again, we thank you for who you are. And as we examine ourselves and our lives for how we live them, maybe always have praise on our lips and in our hearts for you, a love and adoration for all that you've done for us and all that you continue to do. And God, may our lives line up with that by being lives filled with worship so that everything we do honors and respects you and points others to you. God, continue to put opportunities in our paths for us to continue to grow in our faith. God, that's a risky prayer. It is. Life is easier and quieter and calmer without such things as trying to grow our faith or being a better person, but that's not who you call us to be. God, you have an individual plan and purpose for every single person in this room, every person listening to this message online. God, we just thank you for that and help to reveal us to us 
what that is in your time. May all we do this morning and after we leave this building honor you. And may we become less and less inhibited in how we worship you. God, we give this service to you. And as always, I thank you for the empty places in the pews and the reminder they serve that there is a home and room for others to come and learn about Jesus here or elsewhere. Let us be a part of that plan. Amen.